Forking, a Twilight Saga podcast where we talk about Stephanie Meyer's latest tome, Midnight Sun. Midnight Sun, a vampire novel about cars? A vampire novel about cars and high speed <laughs> chases <laughs> that involve the police. <laughs> I read this yesterday. I have not recovered. I will never recover. I was not expecting this at all. Yeah, I would love to nominate this section for least like anything else I've ever read ever. Yes. A car chase scene in my vampire novel? It's more likely than you think. Sam texted me yesterday this morning. Mm -hmm. Yesterday. And was like, Stephanie Meyer always makes me do all this research on cars. And I was like, that's great because that means... I don't have to do research on cars. <laughs> <laughs> I did do a lot of research for this episode. Not not nearly as much research as I would need to do full, to def, to fully understand the physics of what happens in both of these chapters. Yeah. But I did do some mild physics and car research just to be able to be here in this moment right now. <laughs> sure. And I did none of that. So cool. I, I guess I'll represent the... Maybe not the average reader. I feel like maybe the average reader has just a little bit more knowledge than I do about yeah. these things. But yeah, but you have math knowledge. Sure. That I'm. I might need to ask you some math questions when we get to these different parts because I have some math questions. I'm sure I'll disappoint you because the math okay. that I know is simply unusable. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like me is to JJ prove? Around? Yeah, JJ's around. <laughs> I can okay. prove that a triangle is a triangle. I could prove mm-hmm. the Pythagorean theorem works. Okay. Essentially. Uh, okay. My skills are not in the tangible realm. That's fine. Neither are mine. Great. <laughs> <laughs> not They are not, not mathematically. I have no math skills, but my other skills are not in the tangible realm either. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Chapter 24, Ambush. It seems to me from this first page that Alice and Jasper are dog-sitting Bella. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Edward literally texts Alice to say, and I quote, Bella needs to eat at least three times a day every 24-hour period, and hydration is important. She should have water on hand, ideally eight hours of sleep. What? I would love to just say that, like, I hope that Alice received these texts and was like, how detached from the world do you think I am (laughs) that that you think, like, I understand, like, in casual day-to-day life, like, it might be possible for her to just, like, have her mind slip and not feed Bella, right? Yeah. If they're, like, out, like, running errands, stuff like that, but it's, like... Alice watches TV, like, the the Cullens watch TV, so, like, they... Yeah. They know about humans, and they also, like, they, they, like, they live by human rules for most of their their life, so it's, like... Right. I don't know. I I don't buy that, like, Alice would completely slip up, and what is she supposed to do about Bella sleeping, also? Like, we know that's not a problem, and that Bella, like, knocks out and sleeps for weird amounts of time. Bella's got that down, yeah. But it's, like, what is Alice supposed to do, like... I mean, I guess Jasper literally can and does put her to sleep, but it's like, is that the best way to go about this? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the Cullens can't be so far outside the realm of humanity that breakfast, lunch, and dinner are foreign concepts to them. No. <laughs> you know? <laughs> they have to, like, make conversation with humans. So, like, 
They have to go pretend to eat lunch every day. Yeah, they literally do. And it's also, like, they, I don't know, like, they have to have, like, an answer for, like, people being, like, oh, what's your favorite food? Which is a very casual conversation starter that someone could easily, like, throw at them. And they can't Mm -hmm. have it be, like, I don't know, egg salad or whatever it was popular when they were all alive. That was the first, like, old person food I could think of. I think it's funny that Edward is, like, okay, Alice and Jasper, like, they'll do a good job babysitting her, like, saving her life using their um, supernatural powers. But he's, like, I don't think they know how to feed her. (laughs) And if they don't, that's also funny. (laughs) Also, like, in this, he, he tells, I mean, it's Carlisle, like, physically texting Alice through parts of this as well. And so he has Carlisle text Alice to not say anything to Bella about what the other option was that they were, like, talking about in the car. Mm -hmm. And just to, like, deflect questions. And, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, just... Don't tell her what to do. At this point, you have completely turned her world upside down on its head. And, like, why are there secrets anymore? It feels like when, when really desperate and really dramatic things happen in people's lives it's like this is the time for things like secrecy to go out the window like we are all we are all in this you know and you know what i watched twilight uh two nights ago yes and i noticed something that like i don't know it's just been a while since i've i don't know if i've ever noticed this but in the montage of the movie where spotlight is playing and Edward is like telling her a lot of stuff about vampires. Mm-hmm. He's telling her how some of the how some of them became vampires, like their stories. And he was like, "Yeah, it was like really difficult for Carlisle." And Bella's like, "Well, didn't didn't he just have to bite?" And I was like, "Are they having this conversation? I don't think that they talk about this in the book. I don't think they even talk yeah. about biting." And then right there in that moment, he tells her like, "Once we start, it's very difficult to stop." But I think he tells her that. But like, he never talks about the biting aspect. That's, like, what yeah. one of the he's trying to keep from her, which is interesting. Right. And I feel like it's because, like, I mean, because of a lot of reasons, he doesn't want her to be informed because he doesn't want her to, like, decision. To choices. Or, but it's, like, it, it. I think it's also because of all the vampires, this is the, like, least amount of work that you have to put in to turn someone into a vampire, which we talked about, I think, maybe two episodes ago, maybe last episode, we were talking about, like, all these other things that people in other, like, vampire lore like have to do to become vampires and I have to be like a certain time of month yeah or you have to completely drain them of their blood and replace it with like other stuff or whatever yeah you have to bite them and then they have to bite you or something like that yeah and it's like so important to Edward because it's so easy to do Mm -hmm. so something that I was hoping to get from this section which I don't know if we really get not clearly is I was hoping to understand the passage of time Yeah, and we don't get it, really. Not really. But I feel like it's on the shorter side. Yeah. I feel like Mm -hmm. all of this transpires within three days. Maybe less. I agree. I did a lot of map things for this chapter. It seems like they drive in the Jeep, Edward, Carlisle, and Emmett, drive in the Jeep up to Calgary. That seems to be the farthest they go. They go about 600 miles away. And it seems like that takes them most of the day to drive there at top speed. And then they they go back west a little bit, and then they go all the way back. And it just, it seems like it, this doesn't actually take very long at all. I guess I don't know what time of day it is when the baseball scene happens. That's a, is it night? It's nighttime, but... In the movie it's night, but... Because it's like, the day that Bella goes to the Cullens, 
It's a Saturday or something. And then... Or a Sunday. She goes home and then... Has dinner. The 13th of March, Sunday, Edward introduces Bella to his family. I think some of this is speculated, but this is put together by Twilight Lexicon. This is, you know, all that happens. 14th, Monday, Alice, Jasper, and Bella arrive in Phoenix, which makes sense. They make a three-day drive in one. Mm Mm-hmm. So they arrive the next day. It says the 16th, Wednesday, James tricks Bella into running away. The drive from Forks to Calgary going approximately the speed limit is about 13 hours. And I assume there's they're no going way. They don't drive the speed limit. Quite, yeah, like, quite no possibly double. I would say that they are going probably as fast as the car allows when they can. Yeah, so probably like so, 100 miles per hour, maybe pushing yeah. like 110. They're heading near Calgary, more than 600 miles from the nearest open water. We drove through the night, only decreasing our speed occasionally when I heard a speed trap waiting ahead. So it sounds like they're going pretty fast. Also, they, I think that they get to Calgary in, in one, in like one 24-hour period. The drive there is only like 13 hours. Yeah, that's actually really short. Yeah. Yeah. Then they go back towards Vancouver after yeah. a while. But this was really interesting that they, they literally just are luring him really far away. And then they jump out of the Jeep. <laughs> they they abandon the Jeep. That surprised me. That surprised yeah. me. I felt like they gave away that Bella wasn't there kind of too early. Mm. You know? Like, the whole time they're dragging her socks along with them and Edward is like talking about the scent they leave lingering when they like stop to gas up and how it's like making him glad that the trackers are like getting a little bit closer to like smell it and I'm like first of all it's nasty second of all (laughs) I'm just like I feel like if they wanted to put as much distance between Bella and 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 James I get you can't get too close to the ocean but like They didn't go that far. Yeah, I think that the goal was just to lead him far enough away that they would try to be able to catch him on foot. Yeah. But I guess that obviously didn't work, so. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm looking at the map, you know, and it's like. Yeah. Yeah, it's significantly farther away from Forks than they were before. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just like, if your plan was to like lure him really far away and then be like, haha, Bella's not with us huge like oversight that they got to an air that he got to an airport and that could be easily avoided if you went again more remote than they chose to go mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like if they had gone to like the middle of nowhere that it would have been much easier i feel like to put some distance and time in between yeah i guess they're really limited by like the being in the car because they can only go where roads are yeah Unless they started off-roading, which I guess they could also do because it's a Jeep. Right. And also, James is staying far away, so as soon as they get out of the car, he's going to realize that she's not with them. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they had to have had some sort of plan, I guess, looking back, but it just surprised me that this was it. I mean, their plan was... Just lead him far away. Lead him far away, jump out of the car, and hope that he gets close enough to attack him. I'm like, how did you expect that to happen? I think literally he's just, like, trying to chase him. Which yeah. Is interesting. And then he's like, oh, well, I have six hours now to gain on him, which Edward's super fast, so obviously, like, that's possible. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, you didn't think about airports. 
I mean, it's, I guess it's, like, not really an airport. It's just, like, I don't even know, like, how James found that. Maybe he knew it was there, or... He might have just happened upon it. Or, like, he, uh, he probably, probably did. smelled it. Yeah, he can probably smell, like, the gasoline. Yeah. It's just strange. Or the fuel tanks. It's, like, I, but it, it's, like, also their their plan was morphing, because Edward was, like, how long would he follow us? Like, would he follow us up to the Arctic Circle? And I was, like... Well, you don't want to go there because they've got ocean up there as well. Yeah, yeah. It's know. interesting because, like, the way that Alice helps them in this tracking, like, they're texting her mm-hmm. <laughs> and asking her what, you know, if they each decide fully, like, what direction to go in, they can see if they're, if they're going to be successful or not, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. But also, it's, yeah, it leaves so much up to, to chance as well because they don't really know anything about where they are. <laughs> This whole two chapters is just a chase. It's like, also, I don't know, like, is the car not registered under their name? I don't know. I don't know if that's, like, a concern of theirs. I also had some other, like, logistical questions. Like, they obviously had to, if they were driving, they had to probably cross the border and, like, show passports. Yeah. And then they just, like, don't come back, question mark, because they swim back. Right. So they're probably going to have to do some cover-up. They probably had to, like, actually sneak back into Canada and then come through customs again. <laughs> Otherwise, so people funny. would be looking for them. On foot or, like, go back and get the Jeep. I mean, like, it, it's funny because yeah. it's like Edward says, I'll buy you another Jeep, Emmett. And he's like, no worries or whatever. But it's like, you could just go back and get it. Like, if you abandon it somewhere rural where it's not found. But then it's like, if you abandon it somewhere that is where it is found and you, like, can't yeah. go back and get it, Bella's clothes and stuff, like, didn't they bring, like, more yeah. than just her socks with them, like, uh, in the in the bag? I don't know. Maybe? Like, I'm I not just... sure. The bag ended up being kind of useless. Yeah, that's true. I guess it was just, Which like, a weird. prop initially. It yeah. just in the car. It, it just raises me a lot of questions because it's, like, I just think about all the times that I've, like, watched like BuzzFeed Unsolved videos (laughs) and like they're like this car was abandoned they find the car yeah they find the car and and then there's no people inside and it's it's like literally this this would be found like at the end of like a road there's a jeep there's probably no footprints that are like just the balls and hockey sticks yeah just a big huge bag (laughs) of ball like footballs and hockey sticks I mean maybe they assumed that it was like I don't know it's it's the area of Canada that they're in is like full of national parks and stuff so and like it's very mountainous so it could be like hikers that but like I don't know it's pro- I, I'm assuming that the car crashed it was going at yeah. full speed when they all jumped out of it so it's true yeah I, I guess they like either staged I mean a crash or like I don't know I'm just thinking like maybe they would cover it up if it was found by being like oh my god it was stolen we didn't even realize yeah we thought it was out in the garage right. you know yeah, I don't know. They don't really think about that much, as much as they do in Phoenix. They think about the car a lot, about, like, mm-hmm. who's going to be able to trace the car. I don't know. Which, I guess, does make it does make more sense in a major city, but it's, like, Calgary. It's not that small. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't know. They don't really stop in Calgary or yeah. anything. Like, they, they turn back around, or maybe, is that where they abandon the car? I thought it was, like, towards, I think, I thought it was, like, heading from Calgary like turning off towards Edmonton and then like hooking back towards Banff which is to the west of Calgary honestly I I have no idea I I could not keep track but I know that they abandoned the car somewhere between 
Calgary and the... I mean, I, I'm assuming they do, like, as far east as they get is where they jump out of the car. Yeah. And then they start running back the other way. And then they run until they're, what is it, 170 miles northeast of Vancouver, mm-hmm. which is pretty far. They run pretty far. Because that's where they find the little private jet hub place. So, that this was interesting. <laughs> this is where they realize that they fucked up and they, you know, he, they call Alice and Bella and Alice tells them that she's now seeing James in the, in the ballet studio, basically. Mm-hmm. And then they run back to Forks, taking the fastest route straight through the Salish Sea. This was my first foray into some math. All right. All right. I don't know how to calculate these things and I had to make a lot of guesses because we don't know exactly where they are. I, I this is like better calculated as the crow flies, so to speak so to speak, but also they're swimming for like a lot of this. But I was like, maybe this is a good opportunity to try to figure out how fast vampires can travel. I love that. But it's still hard to say because they're swimming. So if they're like 170 mi- miles northeast of Vancouver, Mm-hmm. And it takes them three and a half hours to get to Forks, including swimming. It's a, mm-hmm. it's like another basically 170 miles-ish to Forks. This is extremely approximate because I could not figure out how to calculate like as the crow flies distance on Google Maps. Yeah. Really as possible, but I could not figure it out. Mm-hmm. Also, like they're going through the water, so like that's really hard to calculate. Um, there's no route. <laughs> but assuming it's it's shorter than like taking the roads, it's more of a straight line, so... This is roughly 340 miles of terrain being covered in three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. It seems like they'd, they would probably start swimming in Vancouver. They would probably jump into the water once they got back to Vancouver and swim all the way to Forks because there's no reason that land would be easier if they're taking a direct line. So I would say that they ran from the airstrip to Vancouver and then swam the other half. So it's it's basically half and half. So that would be like an average of 97 miles per hour, but I'm gonna assume that, like, vampires, like humans, are slowed down by swimming by a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I would assume that because of the, like, the pressure of the water, there's more resistance, so they're not able to go as fast because water is more resistance than air. Yeah, even though it's faster because of how direct it is, it's still the fastest way, but I was trying to look up you would think that you'd be able to Google something like this, but it's actually, like, I could not find the answer. I was mm-hmm. trying to look up, like, you know, how much does water slow humans down? Like, how fast can we go in the water? Mm-hmm. Like, an average swimming speed. An average swimming speed is, like, let's say, for a human, two miles per hour. Let me see. Let's see how fast Michael Phelps swims. So, Michael Phelps swims 5.5 miles per hour. That's fucking fast. Or, actually, his top swimming speed is six miles per hour so that's obviously way like the fastest a human could go mm-hmm. let's say mm-hmm. it's it's six but usually it would be two for the average human i also tried to look up like average running speed like for sprinting when you google average running speed or whatever or like how fast can humans run or something like that they give you 28 miles per hour which is literally the wo- world record set by usain bolt that is not how fast humans run <laughs> certainly not how fast I run. (laughs) No. But that's, like, basically what is humanly possible, hypothetically. So I was just trying to, like, get a gauge 
you know, land speed versus water speed and, like, how much I could reasonably expect a vampire to be slowed down by swimming. But, like, let's say that it's, like, at a third capacity. I don't know. Yeah, that's really interesting because I'm wondering, too, like, they could swim. Mm -hmm. But I also wonder if they run along the bottom, which I think might give them... Would that be faster? It might be because I feel like they can use the force like of them hitting the bottom the ground, of yeah. the ground in in a way to like propel them further. Like I'm thinking of the way that like swimmers push off of the side of the pool. I wonder too how um the how the the water resistance might be easier for them to get through because either of their density or their strength. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if they're able yeah. to displace greater masses of everything on Earth, mm-hmm. like, because they're strong and able to withhold it, I wonder if that makes it easier for them to displace water and, like, gets rid of some of the slowing down of, the, like, that the water would do to them. I'm also looking up, I don't know why this is never discussed in Twilight, I'm looking up how fast you have to be to run on water. Mm-hmm. Not very fast. 70 miles per hour? Oh. So, like, a vampire could definitely do that as long as they were able to... And this is... I mean, like, obviously, like, your foot won't land on anything. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know if you have to change technically, like, how you would be moving. Like, this, there's a study done that studies how, like, a basilisk, a basilisk runs on water. Like, you have to, like, mimic how a lizard moves. <laughs> so they're just... Maybe they just, like... <laughs> <laughs> run like a lizard this also makes me think like too i mean if they have the ability to walk run on water like a lot of the water that they would be going through i believe you can see from like side to side like you can see for example from port angeles i'm pretty sure you can see victoria british columbia yes yeah. so i feel like they can't because so much of what they're going through is like a straight right yeah, straight through the Salish Sea. I guess that doesn't mean that they go through water the whole time because I guess yeah. technically, like, I bet that they come down through the water and then, then they have to go hard west. So, like, it would mm-hmm. make sense to to get on land, like, close to Seattle or Port Angeles and run from there mm-hmm. instead of being in water the entire time. Yeah. Because I bet it's faster. But I guess even then, because we don't know how much time they spend in water versus land, I can only make educated guesses, but it's hard to calculate how fast they might be going. They're going an average of 97 miles an hour, but, like, I would say they're going at least twice as fast when they're running, but I don't know how they're traveling in the water, so it's like, kind of impossible to, to, <laughs> to calculate. Yeah, and it raises the question, too, like, they must be able to do these kinds of calculations in their mind, or they would have to because they'd have to bank on if we save like if we're covering less ground by going through the water and but Mm -hmm. we're going at this reduced speed will we like actually make up the amount of time but then it's also like i'm thinking too like is the implication during this car chase initially (laughs) like that james can't overtake the jeep but that he can run pretty much almost as quick as the jeep because in that case, we could also I would, estimate around yeah. the same speed, like around 97 miles per hour. Like, because I'm sure that the Jeep is going like 110, 100? Yeah, I would say that 
it's pretty easy for him to keep up with the car. I think they're slowed down. All of them are slowed down by the car. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we know that just from, just anecdotally, we know that vampires run faster than cars, but slower than planes. <laughs> yeah. How fast do planes go? It also makes me wonder, like, faster than every car? Because the next chapter, they're going like 170 miles per hour in a car. And it's like, can Edward run faster than that? I would th- I would actually say so. Okay, commercial air jets go between 460 and 575 miles per hour. So, so they're slower than that. This is where like physics com- comes in because mm-hmm. I also looked up how fast is too fast to see something like to the mm-hmm. human eye, mm-hmm. which reminded me um, very quickly that it's it's <laughs> when there's a distance factor in that because mm-hmm. like obviously we can see a plane moving through the sky and it looks, and it looks kind, kind of, of slow, slow, but it's yeah. But if it was coming right by us, we might not be able to see it. Oh, according to Google, about five hundred and fifty miles per hour is something. That if it's close by, we won't be able to see. So I, because I'm, I'm thinking like they can, they can move. I don't know if technically like humans cannot see them, or if it's like they're just fast enough to be undetectable because no one's expecting it. Because mm-hmm. I think that like m- maybe Bella can see blur. like a blur. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should be calculating this the car crash scene instead. <laughs> like, maybe. How far away is Edward? How fast is the car going? <laughs> Yeah, we should get <laughs> a physicist. I'm sure someone listening to this knows enough, knows more physics than we do. Yeah. Please volunteer yourself to <laughs> let us know how this works. Yeah, so I don't know. I would say that they, maybe vampires can run like 200 miles an hour, 250 miles an hour. I was trying to look up videos of cars going like close to 200 miles an hour just to see like how fast <laughs> they would go, but I couldn't really find any. <laughs> Like, if you're uh, sitting, like, at a, like, a NASCAR ring or whatever, whatever that's called, and the cars, like, zoom by you, like, it's very, it's very fast, but you can see it, but, you know, they're going less than 200 miles per hour. Right. But it's very, very, very succinct. It also, like, assumes a lot about the environment, because, well, if they're running through heavily wooded areas or, like, past buildings and stuff like that, it must slow them down a little bit. Like, I know that it it doesn't probably make a huge, huge difference, but, like, Mm -hmm. it's got to slow them down at least a little to, like, be going by all that stuff so that they're having to, like, consciously either they're being, they're, like, either, like, hitting and taking down trees along the way or Mm -hmm. they're, like, having to think and dodge which would probably also slow them down because they're not moving in, like, a direct line. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so there's, like, so many variables. Right. I wonder, unimpeded on, like, a stretch of desert. Yeah. The top speed. And I'm sure there are vampires who are curious about that. Like, Emmett, I could see wanting to know his, his like, top speed, you know? I'm sure they bought a radar gun, you know? Yeah. And then they, like, just do it on each other. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, you drive out to, the, like, the the desert and you just, like, have an open expanse of, like, ground that is not, or, like, even a grassland maybe, like, just a, a plane. <laughs> and yeah. And then you just, like, test it out, see how fast you can run. I don't know. I have more questions than answers per usual. It also just shows you how good their eyes are, too, that they can see all of that as well. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that was, like, my first little foray into physics. I'm angry that. that I had to do it, but not 
you know, like, that's okay. Like, it's okay that, you know, she doesn't want to say how fast they can go. Like, I can guess. That's okay. I'm not as angry about that as, like, having to look up car stuff. But, like... Of course. <laughs> yeah. They turn back, right? They reconnect with Esme and Rosalie, which is interesting because they have been so close to Charlie this entire time that yes. they describe Esme as not having been more than a few yards away from him, which I'm just imagining her, like... Like, just, like, ducking behind, like, doors and, yes. like, into cabinets and stuff in yes. in the in the, in the the swan house, just, like, uh. hiding <laughs> under Bella's, like, bed and stuff like that. Just, like, trying to be as close as humanly possible to Charlie and then yeah. having to trail him to work, potentially. Yeah. Because these are going to be, like, the weekdays now. And yeah, and so having to like trail him to work, probably follow him to dinner, probably because he's probably not cooking for himself. I mean, there's a paragraph here about how like depressed he is right now. Yeah, which is very sad. I hated it. Edward is like close to Bella's house and can hear that there's nothing, there's no game on the TV, and that he found Charlie's mind, but it's totally silent. Which is interesting that he can hear his mind, but nothing coming out of it, as though he had gone numb. And I'm like, okay, I'm sad. Yeah. There was so many parts of this section where I was like, I... Like, also because I just watched Twilight, like, the mm-hmm. night before I read this. I was like, I cannot imagine these things, particularly the events of the next chapter. I cannot imagine them happening in the movie. Can you imagine My God. Twilight the movie with that car scene in it? Yeah, no. No. Can you imagine, like, the, the stark contrast... Like, they would be cutting back and forth, probably, between where Edward was and where Bella was, and it would probably be really creepy. It would be, like, a really high-speed car chase, which, honestly, my eyes glaze over when I'm watching a movie and that happens. (laughs) I'm like, this is not interesting. I respect that there's people that like to see it. Reading the next chapter and and seeing it in person, I just Mm -hmm. am like, I just don't, I just don't care. I would love to see it. I hope that if Midnight Sun is adapted, we get to see it and and it's portrayed as comically as I'm seeing it in my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I would love to see the vampires play Save the Human and, like, <laughs> act like little spies and, like, yeah. stay out of the sunlight and, like, do their silly little vampire things. Yeah. In their hoodies and their sunglasses. In their fucking hoodies. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So they realize that they fucked up and he's gonna go... After Renee, potentially, he's going to Phoenix, so they... <laughs> Edward immediately just starts running to the airport in Seattle. No luggage. He does not get in the car. No, nothing. He just runs to the airport. No luggage. Which is so chaotic. Soaking wet. <laughs> soaking wet. <laughs> he literally is like, I was soaking wet, and so it was good that humans didn't see me, because if they looked close, I'd be soaking wet. And then he's like, anyway, I'm running to Seattle. And it's like, I... yeah. Even if he gets there... He's got to be running so fast that he dries off. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Unless he's going, yeah. like... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Unless it's raining. Yeah. And then, like, Carlisle must have, like, packed for them. They had to be ready to go. They had to have a go bag. Yeah, you have to have, like, something... You can't just walk on a flight with no luggage. That's so suspicious. Right. Like, you have to have at least, like, a backpack. Like, that's fine. Carlisle must have all of their documents and money with them. Like, he at least has yeah. that... 
I don't know, but I I just can't get over the idea of Edward running to the airport from Forks. It's like, what is he? Okay, like, I understand the energy behind it. Like, I get that he just needs to, like, get there and stuff like that. But it's like, you can't leave until the plane leaves anyway. It's like, do you really want to sit in the airport? Yeah, what time is it? We don't know, but it's like, the assumption is that the plane's not going to leave before Carlisle and Emmett can get there. The so, plane like, isn't leaving until 6.40 in the morning. Yeah. This is... But it's the evening right now. Literally, what right? is he gonna do? Isn't it the evening? Because he's like, Charlie doesn't have the game on. Yeah. So it's like, what is he going to do in Seattle for the next X amount of hours? Like, is he going to, like... He's... <laughs> honestly, this is so relatable. <laughs> Airport anxiety arriving oh way God. too early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just dad things. You know, he gets there, obviously, with plenty of time to buy himself the uh, tourist hoodie that he puts on. Uh-huh. And sunglasses. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. He must... Oh, my God. I cannot and believe. the implication that a an airport... We're kind of bleeding into the next chapter, which is, like, fine. Yeah. But the implication yeah. that the airport would not have a... The Seattle airport, which I'm sure is huge, if not huge, big... Would not have a hoodie to fit Emmett's size. Emmett. It's yeah. like described as like How big is three he? sizes too small. And I'm like, yeah, you're telling me that Emmett is larger than like an extra, extra large sweater to the point where he would need a 5XL? Yeah. Like. And also that's not going to cover any of his skin. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. I'm actually really hoping... I know this is not, this is too much to ask, but I'm really hoping that in the next chapter, chapter 26, when they're fighting James, I hope that Emmett busts out of this too small (laughs) sweatshirt Hulk style. Yeah. Like, (laughs) like just flexes and it like combusts. (laughs) Yeah. I used to try to convince myself in like middle school that I could borrow sweatshirts from my friends. I simply couldn't because they were literally probably again like three sizes smaller than I was because they had the cutest sweatshirts from like Justice and I would always try to borrow them and my mom was like they look ridiculous they're too small and I was like no and then I'm like (laughs) picturing I'm literally picturing like (laughs) Emmett in one of those like limited to or like Justice like teal sweatshirts with like a monkey on it oh my god it says something sassy about yeah, yeah, yeah. something on it. Like, that's what I'm picturing. It says something about bananas on it. <laughs> yeah, like, go bananas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do the Forks cast? Now yeah, that we're yeah, kind yeah. of between chapters. The Forks cast today is 45 degrees. It is cloudy, not raining, but it's going to start raining tonight, and it's not going to stop until next Saturday. So mm, we love to see it. a solid Powerful. six days of rain. The low is 39, the high is 45. That's a that's a good forecast, A+. Plus. Yeah, thank you. I mean, you didn't control the weather, but <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Keep me humble. <laughs> okay. Uh... <laughs> Chapter 25? <laughs> Race. And a social construct. A way that I would be interested in hearing yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, so... I was honestly... I want to watch this with my eyes so bad. (laughs) I know, I was honestly kind of disappointed that, like, this wasn't a bigger moment. Like, I get that this is from Edward's perspective, and, like, I think it would be different if it was from, like, an omniscient narrator. 
But I've been looking forward to this moment where Jasper and Alice had to tell Edward that yeah. they lost Bella for quite some yeah. time. And it was very right. quick. It was very quick. There's not even any time to be mad about it. I mean, maybe there'll be time later. Not that I like want... They don't, they don't deserve that, right. but... But it's on brand for Edward. Yes. He basically... <laughs> He's so on edge. Mm-hmm. He memorizes the layout of the terminal in the onboard pamphlet on the airport. <laughs> so he's like planning out his exit route. And as soon as the door opens to the plane, he's like, this is dumb, but I'm, I try to smell Bella's scent, even though I know I'm nowhere close enough to her <laughs> to smell her. He's like going so fast that Carlisle pulls him behind him so that he can set the pace. <laughs> as soon as he gets close enough to hear Alice's mind, he... <laughs> like becomes quote-unquote paralyzed mm-hmm. it draws suspicion and Emmett's like trying to cover it up and he's like oh no I've I've got your phone right here Edward come on <laughs> it's such a good like a good like Emmett moment that he thinks uh, of his feet in that way yes so as we talk about this chapter I'm probably going to keep bringing it up but I don't want anyone to forget the way they're dressed <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. In, in these hoodies like okay, as they if we already, can ever forget they already stand out yeah forks where people generally look like them kind of you know what i mean i mean white (laughs) very pale (laughs) like yeah they are fully fish out of water here yeah and now they're in phoenix in heat around total sunlight both people who are tan and people who are not white actually probably exist in phoenix not that stephanie would ever write about them admit it (laughs) um (laughs) but like but in a realistic sense like you'd have to assume there are people here that look absolutely nothing like them they're wearing hoodies to the point where people are thinking about how obscene it is they're wearing these hoodies yeah like they might be celebrities yeah like they're drawing attention to themselves by trying to not draw attention to themselves yeah and now edward's about to have a panic attack fully in this airport except he doesn't have time to so he's not going to have one yeah you also have to assume and i don't remember from twilight that bella notes this but alice and jasper must also be wearing similarly suspicious outfits they must be they walked into the airport and then they they are suddenly joined by three men who one of whom is in massive massive man yeah that are all also wearing these really peculiar outfits <laughs> i just can't imagine the scene <laughs> and it just like keeps getting better yeah also. it does yeah <laughs> it's a gift that keeps on giving so we start getting like a little bit of insight as to what's happening and like why alice doesn't immediately go after her she has already looked into the future to to see that if she and Jasper went after Bella alone, it wouldn't be enough and Bella would die. We just have to trust that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because the way that Alice says it is really, really abrupt. Like, like she says, like... She died. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's... As if it happened. Yeah. Which is probably yeah. really difficult for Alice to watch knowing... I mean, not that it's not her... F- like, not that it's her fault. No, but she but, does feel guilty. But yeah, but like, I'm sure she's like, oh, I lost Bella and now there's no version of the future in which Bella is alive. Right, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and she also says, Edward is really starting to be like, I just have to get to Bella. Like, starting to think about it like, what does it matter? Even pretending to move a human speed, like, nothing matters anymore. I just need to get to Bella. And mm-hmm. Alice cautions him and says 
stay with us, you're going to need us all, which mm-hmm. is very true. He does need all of them. Alice and Jasper have already opened up Bella's, like, fucking goodbye ransom note. Wait a second. And there's, like, not even time for him to, like... No, no, no. Sorry. I got a little ahead of myself when I decided to finally Google the car. Okay. But I'm here. I'm here with you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here. Foreshadowing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The ransom note. Yep. Yeah. The ransom note, he barely even processes it. This is all happening so fast that there's no room for, like, the full spectrum of emotion. Mm-hmm. And to be to be fair, like, this is consistent with what's been happening, like, in the past day or so. Like, Edward very infrequently thinks of Bella. Yeah, which is very interesting because I actually feel in this section, I mean, I guess it's true in the last section that he's, like, barely thinking about her. Maybe that's because he's the one who's with James, so he, like, feels okay. Mm-hmm. But now that sh- this is happening, I do not think that he could do this without Jasper. No. I felt, like, Jasper's role in this is so important and interesting. He basically is able to calm Edward to the to the point where Edward is functioning. It made me realize the way like obviously like Jasper's like essentially an empath but like in a war sense like it goes Mm -hmm. completely the other way where he can drain soldiers from like from having an emotion any emotion yeah he can like make it so people don't feel any empathy and that they don't feel like the emotions of having to kill people and that like Mm -hmm. they can think with a clear head and get rid of any of that emotional factor that would change how a battle might go which is like so scary and wild terrifying Ugh. And it, he's really the only thing tethering Edward, like, to the planet right now, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that's Especially true. Especially when they get in the car. I also think it goes to reinforce, like, I don't know, it serves to reinforce this, like, feeling of hierarchy within the Cullens that Esme and Rosalie are somehow, I feel like, less, like, less helpful in some way. Like Their skills are not as necessary, yeah. It's, like... They're just bodies. They're they're just, like, a couple of extra hands on deck, essentially. And it's like... Yeah. As we move into the car scene, it's like, well, maybe you could have used Rosalie's expertise because, like, Edward has some questions about the the state of the engine and stuff like that. Right. And and it's like, well, maybe you could have used Rosalie here because she happens to be really good at that, but whatever. For sure. it's, It's interesting because it's like, I think you're right that without Jasper, I'm sure Edward would have made an incredibly rash decision that yes. probably would have resulted in Bella's death and probably his possibly his they're aware that there's like a, a window of time that they need to make and it's probably within like 20 minutes honestly yeah which makes sense that it's so tight because obviously we know that in life and death it's extremely tight and they miss it yeah and we know what happens there <laughs> nothing but good it says yeah he says it was just under 20 miles with the freeway almost all the way it would only take minutes Bella didn't have that long yeah, so this is all super, super fast. It also, like, goes to show how many decisions lie in any span of time. Because, like... Yeah. it. I mean, it really does call into question the reliability of Alice's visions. Not the reliability, because they're obviously reliable, but, like, the variability in them. Because in a world where the only people making decisions are, like... Honestly, Edward... <laughs> Like, when we're talking about the knot in the meadow scene and stuff like that, she can see so clearly things that are happening so far into the future. And then in this sense, even when Edward makes tiny decisions of, like, when to merge and how much pressure to put on the gas pedal, 
It is mm-hmm. drastically shifting the way mm-hmm. that Bella's future like turns out because of the way that the Cullens arrive on the scene and the way that James could hear them arriving on the scene and things like that. Like, yeah. It's so interesting to watch it function both at a macro level of like seeing the future in an abstract and like big picture sense of like Alice can see them years down the line where Bella has aged. They can see years down the line where Bella is a vampire, but she can also like hone in on five seconds in the future. 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So interesting. The time here and Alice's abilities. She's such an asset to this operation. They go to the garage where presumably Carlisle's car is. I think they have Carlisle's car. And then she's like, no, we can't take this because the police are going to be looking for this car. And then like has like a very vague vision of like (laughs) police lights and a roadblock, which is very interesting. And Carlisle gets his medical bag. So I think we've questioned this before. Like, Mm -hmm. where does he keep all these fucking morphine in his cars which (laughs) is all all the cars i guess he just assumes that because his life has turned out in a way that he has run into so many dying and in in pain people before yeah that he might again and he wants to be prepared yeah which is so fascinating then there is literally so much car lingo that i don't know what to do with myself Yeah. She's just, like, listing different kinds of cars. Yeah. Yeah. In in succession. What I just had a panic about, and it was not a panic, but what just happened when I blacked out a second ago was I finally Googled WRXSTI. It's a Subaru. Yeah. Just say Subaru. Subaru. Just say Subaru. Subaru. I know what a Subaru is. Don't make me think, like, I I spent the whole day thinking that this was going to be some new car to me, and it's like, Mm -hmm. oh... It's, it's just a, a jacked up Subaru. Yes. Like, first of all, yep. that's lesbian culture. Second of all, <laughs> like, a Subaru. It's a Subaru, but no, it's a WRX STI. And I was like, it's an STI? I it's know an STI. STI. <laughs> <laughs> I, Let's do thumbed, I thumbed through this book weeks ago and I, yeah. I saw STI on the page and I was like, well, <laughs> that's going to be good. <laughs> like,. What a disappointment, that, honestly. That's going to be great. And it's a car. <laughs> oh, my God. I cannot believe this. So they're looking for a car to steal. And then Edward smells nitrous. Yeah. They find this ridiculously pimped out car. Violently orange bubbles the size of my head rising from what appeared to be deep purple lava. I'd never seen a car so conspicuous in a hundred years. <laughs> Can you believe? <laughs> so they're dressed ridiculously, and they're all about to pile into this re- extremely ridiculous car that has nitrous tanks in it. So I had to do some research on this as well, but I was I was telling Alex about it, and I've been complaining to Alex about it for the last 24 hours. And his, his thing is that, like, this isn't really a thing. Like, NOS isn't... Like, it's fr- literally from The Fast and the Furious. Mm. Technically, this is something that you can put on your car. I did look it up. Like, you can get uh, nitrous oxide tanks, and I believe how it works is it just, like, you burn through them really fast, and they give you little spurts of speed or whatever. I haven't seen any of the Fast and the Furious movies, but um, I believe they are featured prominently in those movies. Like, when you look up NOS, you you get Fast Mm -hmm. and the Furious content. So this is kind of outlandish. I don't buy that people who have the money to have this kind of car drive it and leave it in a parking garage <laughs> one is the street legal <laughs> who knows two definitely not the tints yeah 
yeah. too, like, if you have this car, it's something that you take to a special place to, to like, do fast things with, you know? I doubt, yeah. I doubt that you drive it around as your primary vehicle. Because if you have enough money to, like, be into cars, you likely have enough mm-hmm. money to have your drive-around car and your fun car. You know what I mean? Like, they don't drive this car to work. No. I'm, I'm so... This is so ridiculous. And it's it's just such a ridiculous car. Maybe it's so ugly that no one wants to take it. Joke's on them. Vampires want it. The panic that this person must have experienced upon realizing that their garish and extremely offensive car was not in the lot where they left it. Mm -hmm. When they came out of the airport. I My God. (laughs) I'm going to look up. I wonder if I can find a picture of a car that looks like this. They're so ugly. Okay, I'm going to look one up. I think we might have to buy one now. Let's do it. I mean, when I <laughs> when I looked it up, I actually found, like, some Hot Wheels. Essentially, what they're describing is, like, a Hot Wheels car. Yeah. I don't know why, like, it didn't occur to me that, like, you could take a car as commonplace as a Subaru and then just make it go fast. This is definitely a thing, though. Like, people put purple and orange flames on their cars because yeah. it looks like a Hot Wheels car. I mean, it's so only... Ugly. Like, to buy a 2020 Subaru WRX is only mm-hmm. $28,000. So, I think we should just do a fundraiser. <laughs> Join our Patreon. <laughs> We're going to give you the full Twilight experience. Once we get to $28,000, we will buy a 2020 Subaru, Subaru WRX and pimp it out to look exactly like this car they steal and we'll give you the most authentic Twilight experience. Sam, yeah. your car is orange. We could simply paint oh my part God, of my it car's purple. Orange. Stop. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm going to come graffiti your car. I'm oh going to no. vandalize your car with purple paint. <laughs> And you're going to have, there's nothing you can do about it. I'm just going to paint it. You're going to have to drive it around like that. (laughs) I think something's wrong with my microphone. Hang on a second. Oh, no. Okay, I think my microphone simply was not recording that entire time. Well, it was recording on my laptop. Oh. So, like, I have the audio. It's just going to be kind of shitty. Bummer. And then they fucking hotwire it. They just know how to do that, of course. Alice breaks off the antenna of another car, and they hotwire this car, and Edward is, uh, Edward's gonna drive. <laughs> they have to get out of the parking garage, and they're, like, flying fucking down this parking garage. <laughs> this is absurd. Edward is, like, on the verge of doing all of these tiny reckless things along the way that would absolutely, yes. like, wreck the plan. And Alice is probably so on edge trying to stop him from doing things like running through the little arm that comes down at the kiosk when you have to get out of the airport parking lot, like punching the machine so hard that... (laughs) Jasper's like, I will do this. I will put our credit card in the machine for us. (laughs) It's obscene. There's also like a part where he refers to the car as a her. And I was like, please, no, not right now. Yeah, please don't (laughs) gender gender things, Stephanie. Imagine she does a a gender (laughs) gender swapped Midnight Sun. (laughs) And they they regender the car as he. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or the car gets a little coo. It stays the same and it gets a little coo. (laughs) It's a little coo. (laughs) 
everything's different because of this fucking car. Edward shouts out the, the the highways, which is really funny because the freeways, because they have six wide, smooth lanes with shoulders ample on either side that it was as good as eight. He's like, I hate Phoenix right now, but they have good freeways. Yeah. He starts nerding out about cars way too much for my liking. Here. I know. It's like, is it, is it something that he's able to like hyper fixate on in order to like just get through the few minutes? Is it something that Jasper is like so. encouraging him to do a little bit? He's going 120 at first. But he has, certainly has time to say some, to think some rude things. I, w- I used the left shoulder now to streak by two pickups who thought they belonged in the fast lane. And I didn't see the beauty Bella saw here. A few twig-like trees scarcely clinging to life were the only features breaking up the dull expanses of gravel. And I'm like, you have time yeah. to think <laughs> mean thoughts? <laughs> you have time to get like an erection for this car. Yeah. But you don't have time to... <laughs> I don't know. He also needs to take the exit, and it's not wide enough. He's going to get in, like, the breakdown lane, and it's not wide enough to get through without the side mirrors breaking off. So he, like, loses the mirrors, and he asks Emmett and Jasper to look out the side windows, like, the back side mm-hmm. windows for him to be his eyes. Uh-huh. This is this is the most wild quote. This really, get, this really gets to me. Mm-hmm. Everything was the road. I could see it in 360 degrees and 30 seconds into the future. (laughs) As I merged onto the northbound freeway, drifting across the lanes to the left shoulder again, up to 130 now, it felt like our minds were bound together in one perfectly focused organism, greater than the sum of its parts. I saw the patterns in the traffic ahead, shifting and congealing, and I could see the right way through every snarl. This is so, this is, like, I hate that, but it's also, like, so interesting. Yeah. That, like, they are all one unit. Like, he can literally see 360 because he can read everyone's mind and he can see the future. I'm like, okay. Do you think Stephanie Meyer thinks she's a feminist because writing this kind of stuff, like, gets her off? I don't know. I feel like she's been waiting her whole life to write this, I know. She seems like, I feel like this is, this is, as much as I hate it i think it's well written <laughs> that kind of sucks <laughs> for me yeah <laughs> i was like I'm, I'm so mad about the amount that i've had to look up about cars and when i was driving back home today before we were recording i was <laughs> thinking like i have nothing to offer to this to this particular conversation like i don't know anything like this is not my wheelhouse and then my brain like remembered this paragraph Mm -hmm. and then my and then immediately my brain went panopticon talk about the panopticon (laughs) this fell off my chair go ahead (laughs) i like refuse i refuse to talk about the panopticon (laughs) foucault you have no place here foucault you don't have power over us but like i hate that i thought this but like I have thought about this before, and this is just, like, the culmination of it, but, like, several chapters ago, you were talking, you mentioned something very briefly about how Edward and Alice are, like, kind of, like, the surveillance yeah. for the Cullens, and ever since then, I'm like, Foucault, ah! Foucault, <laughs> it's a prison. The Cullen family is a prison. <laughs> yeah, I keep thinking about it, and I'm like, wow, they can see 360 degrees, and, like, they can see everything, and they're omniscient, I'm like, this is the ultimate like this is the panopticon this they are the surveillance state (laughs) that's honestly true because given enough people in close enough range i mean it's interesting to see like into their minds when they're doing something like this driving (laughs) yeah or even i'm sure it'll be fascinating to watch them fight because Mm. 
we've never seen them all be on the same side trying to accomplish a difficult task before. We've yes. seen them fight against each other in baseball, which is low stakes, but also like mm-hmm. weaponizing their talents against each other rather than combining them to try to do something together, which is extremely powerful. Like, it almost makes me wonder, like, how does James get away with... I mean, like, we know functionally how, but, like, how does he get away with so much? Like, they really could have taken them probably at the baseball field. Carlisle's morality, whatever. And, like, the fact that it would momentarily place Bella in a lot of, like, harm's way. But, like, Mm -hmm. they could have really just ended it then. But they have morals, so they have to do it the hard way. Police are literally setting up a roadblock to stop them. And they're gonna get to it before the police even can set it up. Yeah, so they force a woman out of her SUV, out of, like, her soccer mom car. They need to pick another car, basically. Mm -hmm. It's an SUV with a stick figure family on the back window, two daughters and three dogs. (laughs) So this is the car they're going to get into, avoid the roadblock. And they literally force it off the road. The woman gets out, and Carlisle, like, fucking pricks her with morphine or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they they just lay her on the side of the road, like, on the cement, like, divider. They're like, you'll be fine. Goodbye. (laughs) Yeah. They cause a ton of accidents. Yeah, they really do. Too, along the Injuries. way. Injuries. Yeah, they, they, a bunch of cars like crunch into each other and Alice sees a ton of injuries, no fatalities, but it's like, you didn't necessarily know that when you did it, right? Like you, ass- right. like I feel yeah. like they may have assumed that some humans would die. It confuses me. They better pay for those medical bills. I'm sure they would. I don't know if they could even get away with this today because like they're assuming that there were no security cameras in that parking garage and i feel like today there would be security cameras yeah and i think too like the way that the highway system has been revamped there's so many cameras on so many highways because ticketless and like like toll plazas essentially in lots of states have been completely replaced by photographs of cars and so like you couldn't get away with this in florida like they use that information they use that footage and those cameras to corroborate stories of of people all the time now for like yeah tracking people down i guess there's no tolls either i guess yeah i guess yeah it's like what's the story that like the police get to the car and it was empty (laughs) i i also like can't believe I'm, like, skimming my eyes over this right now. I can't believe that Edward is going through all of this, driving by so fast, and he still, like, is noticing the types of cars he's passing. He's like, oh, yeah, I passed this Corvette. Oh, yeah, I passed this Lexus. Yeah. And I'm like, who cares? Do you care? I I don't care. Bella's dying. Like, let's just, let's just get there. It's absolutely baffling to me. They get off the highway, and then they're going 120 in a 40. On Cactus Road, by the way. On Cactus Cactus Road. Maybe I should look that up. I'm not sure if this is a real intersection. It's cactus and something, and I can't remember what it is, but I don't know if this is a real intersection because this is not a real place, so. Yeah. Well, there is an East Cactus Road in Phoenix that runs, it looks through, like, a generally residential area, which would make sense. In Scottsdale? Mm. It's, like, in, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's just outside of Scottsdale, actually. And it does run through Scottsdale. Yeah, Central Scottsdale. Hmm. Oh, there's a Rosalie Place. Aw. Can we talk about Edward's brief suicidality? Uh, yeah. The What the fuck? Like, he's, like, seeing these flashes of Bella in Alice's head because Alice does need to pay attention to the future now because they're getting, like, really close to, like, trying to have to plan out, like, what 
was like going on right and how they mm-hmm. would like confront james and and bella and he says for a tenth of a second i was back in my volvo and forks thinking of ways to kill myself Emmett would never but maybe jasper he alone could feel what i felt maybe he would want to end my life just to escape that pain but probably he would run away instead he wouldn't want to hurt alice so that left the longer trip to italy and it's like oh jesus (laughs) he's already fucking thinking about it i mean i know that alice is focused on something else and alice is in like edward reads minds and the rest of them don't but like i just don't understand how alice could let that happen he's already thinking about going to italy I would be on Edward Watch 24-7. Yeah, literally suicide watch. Yeah. Like, I would yeah. literally never let him leave my sight if I realized. I bet she's like, we're not even gonna go there. Like, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna say Bella. But, I mean, Jasper, he thinks this, and then Jasper reaches forward to, like, touch his fingertips to Edward's neck mm-hmm. to, like, increase his numbness, basically. And it's like, Jasper's, Jasper's sitting there like, oh, boy, he's, I'm still doing all this work, and he's still <laughs> suicidal. <laughs> literally. No, it's just, like, it blows my mind, because it's, like, between Alice and Jasper, you would think that like Jasper would be able to feel what Edward was feeling and Alice would be able to understand his choices so it's like the fact that he thinks he can slip away and do this is fine like it's it just it's just wild and the fact that he does mm. in, in in New Moon almost get away with it is also yeah. wild I mean there's like the advantage of like if he <laughs> I, we can get to it when we talk about New Moon but like he has to physically be far away from everyone else to prevent it like he has to get all the way to Italy yeah like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that works, but anyway. So they're getting close, and I think Edward, if left uninhibited, would probably just drive the fucking car into the building. But Alice is like, we have to slow down and be quiet because if he hears us coming, he'll kill her. Mm-hmm. And, and he realizes that if they hit another car on an accident, if he miscalculates anything even a little bit, they will have to get out on foot and people will see them and he, he he says i didn't know what the story would be aliens or demons or secret government weapons but there would be a story mm-hmm. and then i would have to protect bella from the volturi and it's like well jokes on you cuz you're about to have to do that anyway <laughs> and it's literally your own fault yeah. you did it all in your by yourself so yeah they are like arriving and i don't know they're just kind of making a plan to go in and then edward kind of just like I think he balls himself up and, like, launches himself through the door. Yep. <laughs> and that's where the chapter ends. Oh, boy. It's wild. It's just wild. The drama. I don't even know what to say about this chapter. It was... It was not what I expected. No. I expected something slightly more calm. It's like, I guess... <laughs> I don't know. What I think this might... What might be causing Edward's reaction and the way that he's acting, aside from, like, just who he is as a person, but is this tension between, like being put in a situation for the first time in 80 years <laughs> that he can not control. Yeah. Like, to our knowledge, has never fought another vampire before like this. I don't know. Where there's stakes in it, you know? Like... He's sheltered. Like, he... I mean, <laughs> I get the I get the impression that they wrestle each other for fun and for, like, self-improvement. And to yeah. understand how best to fight, which seems interesting, but it it seems like mm. this is the first time that they're walking into like a genuine conflict. That's really interesting to me. It's the first time that he'll be put in this situation where like there's something like he's just not able to go fast enough. 
I'm perplexed. This is not what I was expecting, but it's what we have. And honestly, I feel like I should have expected there to be a car scene. I feel like this is what... Yeah. This I should have expected this. Yeah. I should have expected this, but I really did not because, I don't know, where I was expecting to experience Edward's ultimate anguish and drama and, uh, like, heightened emotions, we get kind of, like, none of that. It's, like, all in the chase, which is very interesting. Yeah. It's a huge distraction from... I mean, there's tiny bits of that throughout, but... I thought there would be more anger. Like, I thought he would be playing more of the blame game with Alice and Jasper. Yeah. Even more, like, vocalization. Even, like, the... Like, I thought that it would be, like, a less in Edward in his head. There's so little dialogue. There's so little dialogue. He's hardly yeah, talking and communicating with the people around him. It's like, Alice knows what he's yeah. doing. He asks Emmett and Jasper to do something. But this is like what maybe a 10 like 7 to 10 minute car ride tops maybe yeah. like 10 to 12 minutes he's speaking so little that like for Emmett and 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 for Jasper and for Carlisle they're probably just sitting there like we don't know what's happening yeah like yikes like, yeah yikes like yeah Emmett's probably just like really ready for the fight you know yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> But but it's just so bizarre. <laughs> I assumed that on the way over they would be like strategizing and mm. and like planning that kind of stuff and like trying to. I guess it doesn't do that matter unless they know exactly what they're walking into, which they won't know until they're like about to arrive yeah. and Alice can tell them. I don't know. This was so wild. Yeah, this is so traumatic too for especially for Edward. I was just thinking like, damn, like he's they're just going so fast with like no time to process anything and he hasn't even gotten to like the part where he's gonna have to do like this ultimate test of literally sucking the venom out of bella's blood and i'm like is he like when is he going to lose it like when is he going to like just like sob or like Mm -hmm. freak out or like shut down or like what's gonna happen and like is this like this is so traumatic and i know that like he loves bella and wants to be with her but i'm like i'm saving this information for like the beginning of new moon where he leaves her because like it's is it too much for him like oh uh, yeah i i i, I was don't know. yeah i was thinking similarly like i feel like maybe a more interesting way that this series could have gone was edward was more happy-go-lucky and like yeah. was more of the like more chipper version of himself until this happened Mm-hmm. And then he became the melodrama <laughs> that yeah. we, like, know him as. But he seems, I mean, like, he it does, you know, of course, increase in New Moon. Like, he's on a, on another level. Yeah. In New Moon. But it seems like it would have been interesting to see more of, like, a stark contrast between him being less morose and this, being like, everything's going to work out sure. fine. Like, you know, it whatever. And then having that this emotional traumatic journey. thing happen to yeah. him. And then, yeah. Although, like... I don't know, and this is, like, I'm not even going to get myself started on this, but, like, can vampires experience trauma? Because, like, humans experience trauma... In the body. we have trauma because... (laughs) Yeah, in the body, like, in the way that, like, our brain is not able... Able or not able to process traumatic events. Like, that is why PTSD Mm -hmm. exists. So, like, how would a vampire react to traumatic events? Because they can process things a lot faster than we can. They can literally process things... Yeah. In the way that humans can't. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe it's different. I don't know. That's a really good question. I feel like, not to say vampires, I mean, well, I don't know. It just makes me think, like, even if if a human and a vampire experience the same thing, the Mm -hmm. same trauma, 
the human would probably by definition because of the state of their body and like the physicality of their existence experience Mm. a worse time of like like trauma and healing because of that right and it's like right not that experiencing the same trauma makes people two people react the same way that's not true but Mm -hmm. like if like vampires like they just have to reckon with the emotional they don't have Mm -hmm. to reckon with the physical effects and it's like he experiences his emotions so deep but he doesn't seem to understand bella's he's only looking for the physical signs right of of trauma and and things in her like he's only concerned about her eating and he's only concerned about her drinking getting sugar and things like that back in port angeles and stuff but he doesn't experience those things but he does experience like emotional effects of trauma but he doesn't think about how those might be impacting her he just seems to like skate over them and it's like that's where you could relate to each other but you miss each other in both ways (laughs) it's obviously like this book these books in general are like not good representations of trauma and like Mm -hmm. in any way but it is interesting to like think of them and with like a trauma focus or like thinking of them as like a trauma narrative especially bella's stuff yeah well that's it he launched himself (laughs) through a fucking door yeah. Uh, can't wait to see what happens next. Same. Truly. We've only got four chapters and the epilogue left. Wow. That's huge. Sorry to everyone that I have been doing this for like, what, two or three years and I still don't know how to like make my microphone work. Oh my God. Thanks for listening to this wild, wild chase. It, yeah. Honestly, this would be a really good theme park ride. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you just like zip through Calgary and then you... And then you sit. It's like a real simulation of like flying to Phoenix. So you like yeah. sit still for three hours. It's like, and uh... it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's in the car. Yeah. Or maybe just the car ride, whatever. <laughs> all of it. I like all of it. And you're wearing a, a hoodie mm-hmm. and sunglasses. <laughs> oh my God. Can't get enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. I can't wait to find out what happens next. Same. <laughs> I'm so excited. This book is. truly amazing truly a wonder one of the top 10 wonders of the world yeah definitely the hanging gardens (laughs) of babylon and then and now this (laughs) yeah what will god give us next (laughs) i can't wait to find out have a great evening wherever you are and whatever time in the world you are whatever car you may drive (laughs) we'll see you next time with more violence definitely (laughs) that's all forks Thank you for listening to Gender Forking, a Twilight Saga podcast. All of seasons one and two are now streaming. To stay updated about the podcast, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at @genderforking. For more Twilight content from us, follow us at bowlingshirtbellas at tumblr.com. For other inquiries, email us at bowlingshirtbellas at gmail.com. If you would like to support the production and maintenance of this podcast, head to patreon.com slash genderforking. The music you are hearing is from Oh Lucifer.